What's up, guys? It's Eric. A check is not cash. Cash got a whole lot of numbers on it. Pictures of old white men with messed up hairdos. Hey, guys, this is Joe. We've got to get Alvis on ice. The world's deadliest weapon has just been handed off. Where is it? To a short order cook and an ice cream delivery man. Need your ice cream truck. You are not taking my truck. How far you got to go? Come now. On Labor Day weekend, action is being served oh. on the rocks with a twist. You hijack me with an empty gun? When this is all over, remind me to kick your... Cuba Gooding Jr., Skeet Ulrich, Chill Factor. Don't move. Shoot me. Rated R. Starts Wednesday, September 1st. You're listening to Worth a Leafy, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time and see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again, even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not bad, Eric. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I, I should say, so I'll, I'll talk about the beer that I'm drinking in, uh, in a couple of minutes, but I went out for dinner with the wife tonight in Amesbury and sat outside, flatbread pizza in Amesbury. And I had a beer there, and now I'm drinking this very heavy beer now. So if I start slurring my speech or saying something completely ridiculous, uh, let me know. But other than that, I'm good. I the I mentioned last week I had a I had messed my knee up at hockey the week before, so it's gotten better. It hasn't gotten better. It's kind of you know whatever. But I had a doctor's appointment today, and he or yesterday rather and i have some minor stuff but nothing that they think is going to require surgery so that's good good. yeah that's good yep yep so i'm happy about that celebrated father's day uh this past weekend with my father and my father-in-law separately uh not for any reason they're totally cool with each other but just (laughs) that made it sound like something was going on um and yeah no i've been watching a whole lot of baseball and hockey and um Another movie that I may be, I'm not going to talk about right now because I may be picking it soon. And the one thing I do have to mention is I watched, did I talk about on the podcast before how I was having issues with HBO Max? I, and, I remember like the conjuring being like, I like kind of saying things back last time because I was a, I'm not sure it was a it was, film. Yeah, it wasn't the conjuring. It was, I was having a hard time watching the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion. But <laughs> That's when right, I, yes. But when I called up, they would say like, are you having a problem with the conjuring? But so I finally watched the that, and have you seen it? I've seen clips online about the full okay. thing. I also didn't really follow the entire series like you did, so I right. might not appreciate it as much as you did. So I grew up on The Fresh Prince. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. And I will say this, comparing it to something you have watched and you, you are closer to, I know. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion blows the Friends reunion out of the, like, it's not even close. Oh, no, because I, I know, like, I was reading a lot of the Fresh Prince stuff. They actually, like, squashed drama. Like, it was actually, like, a whole, like, there was a lot of things happening with this reunion, not just, like, for fans, and, like, it was for them, too, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, and, and I was talking to Bree, my wife, over dinner tonight about it, and, yeah, I talk about Fresh Prince to my wife over dinner, but um, they talked about a lot of stuff, and I, I said to her, I, I think I've seen every episode of Fresh Prince at least five times, and but they cover a lot of episodes that they aired and scenes that they aired that covered topics that today are super relevant and they did it in a way that like at the time you laughed but then you look back on it and you're like oh crap they were they were like they were making points and sending 
sending messages out there that maybe flew over some people, myself included, uh, head. But yeah, it's it's just a great show. And the reunion, it just felt a whole lot. It felt a lot more like a reunion than the Friends episode, Friends reunion, which I enjoyed the Friends reunion. Don't get me wrong. I do, but there are things like like James Corn, for example. I don't like James Corn's. Like there are certain things that I just didn't like about it. They had all these like really weird pop stars come up. It was just a really weird, almost yeah. like this big event where the Fresh like, Prince one felt like they honestly all wanted right, to get together. Exactly. And, and yeah, it, it was great. So, but other than that, uh, what about you? You've been watching anything good? Um, I started watching a couple episodes because I was. How I was watching it, so I just ended up watching it as well. Um, Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Have you seen that show? No, what is it? It's uh, I'm gonna butcher this because I I kind of I watched the first two episodes. It's kind of like as background sounds, but I really did enjoy what I saw. This kid is like this hybrid between human and I don't know if it's an animal. I'm gonna butcher this, and hopefully that one person who listens to this podcast isn't like you fucked it up, Joe. But they're like Whatever. hunted. <laughs> These hybrids are like. If they're found, they're pretty much going to be killed on the spot. And this guy is with this kid. And for what I was watching the first episodes, he's pretty much just protecting him the entire time because they have to hide the fact that he's a hybrid because if anyone spots him, they'll kill him. So okay. the episodes I watched is he was trying to get him to safety. Um, but it's really cool, really different. It's, I think, I, I'm trying to remember, I think Don Jr., is involved with that show who is robert Downey jr maybe <laughs> i thought you, i thought you said don jr meaning donald trump jr oh i was like what god <laughs> what okay sorry <laughs> no i'm pretty I, sure i'm pretty sure it's i think i'm gonna look at this up real well, while you're looking that up you mentioned like the one person listening to the show is going to correct you someone <laughs> that i know that listened to the show i forgot to bring this up last week on the can't hardly wait episode when i was talking about the uh the scene with um, at the end uh, with between Jennifer Love Hewitt and Preston, uh, Amanda and Preston. Yes. I mentioned that one of the songs that played was, I'm going to say it clearly now, Farther Down by Matthew Sweet. And this friend of mine who listens, who uh, doesn't have much of an accent from the area, she's like, Yeah, I liked how you talked about how Father Down was playing. And I was like, I didn't even realize, like, sounded like different or whatever i mean i know i sometimes i do but i don't have a very thick boston accent so yeah so people make fun of us what are you gonna do <laughs> so don jr robert don jr does produce that show which is really cool not and donald trump jr not donald trump jr nope he produces um shows about killing animals that's yep. his that's his style um and on top of sweet tooth i have also been watching like you the playoffs hockey and basketball so they've been keeping me busy yeah, it's a busy time of year for uh for sports fans if you watch certain sports. So um, so I talked about the the beer that I'm drinking, and I sent Joe a picture of the can, and I will have posted it by the time you guys are listening to this. So check out our Instagram at worth a late fee. I'm drinking uh almond macadamia squirrel from Decadent Brewing. It's a triple IPA, so it's a strong one. It's 10.2% alcohol, but it's delicious, which is kind of a dangerous uh combination but it's the the picture and you guys will see if you check out the instagram the picture on the can is a uh like a thing of ice cream so joe how does that talk uh tie into the movie that we're talking about today it was your pick this is a movie that we i'm totally okay with you picking i told you before we we started this is the type of movie i want you picking so how does that how does ice cream and an ice cream 
vehicle maybe tie into uh, the movie we're talking about today. Oh, so we're watching Chill Factor. If you can already tell from our quotes in the trailer, which would be understandable because no one's seen this movie, but Chill Factor is an awesome film with, at the time, fresh Oscar winner Cho, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. And oh, we're going to say something, Eric? Yes. I, you Hearing you say it. So I need to hear you say the two main stars of this movie. Two? <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. The two, who are the two actors in this movie? The, the, so, the actors. Cuba Gooding Jr., which is not even the second build in the movie, which is hilarious. How do you say his name? Cuba Gooding Jr.? Okay, that's what I say too. Okay, is good. It, am, I, am I wrong? Am I, am I... I was watching an interview today doing my research and a, a few of them. And so I'm, I'm apologizing in advance because apparently Joe and I both is may say his, is it, is it like yes, Cuba? a lot of people say okay. Cuba, <laughs> Mr. Gooding Jr. If that's wrong, I apologize, but I've learned, I've said that name. I've said your name that way for my whole life. So Me too. <laughs> it is what it is. And then, and then the other guy, Ski Ulrich, which is see Ski. <laughs> see, I say, I say that too, but a lot of people say Skeet Ulrich. So, but I feel worse about the Cuba Gooding Jr. thing because He's actually a talented person. It's always so uh, honestly, Cuba is a Cuba is. A, I'm gonna say Gooding Jr. at this yeah, point. Yeah, whatever his name is. Yep. But so is Ski. Like if you were seeing the show Jericho, he's actually again, he's kind of like he's one of these people who I never like. You know, he never got a fair shake in the industry, unfortunately. But yeah, um, so I anyways, just say yeah. If we mispronounce anyone's name during this <laughs> well, podcast, we apologize. Yeah, apparently I'm bad. saying his, I'm feeling I might be saying his name wrong. Me too. I didn't know either until I was listening to all these interviews, and I was like, "If I've been saying his name wrong my entire <laughs> life, I'm sorry, go ahead." No, but the whole idea is they have to keep this bomb, which I'll get in the description in a little bit, on ice. And in the the first truck they have, well, for the most of the movie, is an ice cream truck. So Eric's beer with the ice cream is very fitting. Um, but like he mentioned, this is a movie that we have been before we even had this podcast officially up and going. This is a movie that we talked about before, you know, we meet once a week, have a drink, talk movies. This movie was brought up and we were both so surprised when we mentioned this because it's like one of those films where if you mention it, it has such a small, 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 I, I don't know if I want to call them a fan base, but yeah. people who've seen this movie and it's almost like it lights you up for a second because you can talk about this movie with other people because there's like is 20 so- of us on earth that have, that have seen <laughs> this like, movie. So when you mentioned this movie and someone's seen it, it's like you guys so excited. So you joked about this was going to be a movie that we we're going to do at some point on the podcast. And over 70 episodes we later, are. we finally, yep, we finally are talking about Chill Factor, which is exciting. Yeah. yeah so do you want to watch your memory? Yet? or your first memory or whatever of chill factor. So this is one of those, again, rare movies that my family rented at Blockbuster on DVD. When this was a fairly, a fairly new medium, my father got a DVD player and it was like a big deal. And this movie came out a couple of years after that was a new technology. So he would go to the movie, uh, to the Blockbuster every so often rent a DVD. And this is one of the ones that he rented. I don't know why out of all the movies out there, he's like, chill factor, this is a good one. But anyways, since we've seen it, this movie has stuck with me since. I still watch it with my family every so often. And when this is popped on occasionally, it's one of those movies where if one person walks by, they just kind of like all join the movie viewing. Yeah. My, my memory is kind of similar. So in all honesty, my, my brother is, or was at least a bigger fan, fan of this movie. Like I, I remember this movie because I think my brother had 
the I believe it was the DVD and could have been the VHS, but I'm 99% sure it was the DVD. And like you said, I think it was one of the first DVDs that he had. So I feel like when when my house had like eight DVDs total, chill factor for whatever reason was was one of them. So that's the only in the beginning. Yeah, (laughs) that was the only reason that we that I would have seen it really is that is we and I've seen it. I bet you I've seen it probably five times in my life or something like that. So not anywhere near as much as you, but, um, but I've seen it and that puts me, it's it's a small group. Um, do you have any stats as far as how the film? Oh boy. It's a good one. one. Chill factor was a mess all over when it released. So it came out on September 1st, 1999 with a budget of 34 million, making only 11.8 million in the box office. Huge bomb. It was written by Drew Gitlin and Mike Sheeta, who, as of today, this is the only feature they've ever been tied to, and director Hugh Johnson, which, just like Drew and Mike, this is the only thing he's ever directed. That's his real name. His real name is Hugh Johnson. Hugh Johnson. Hugh Johnson. It's like like, like an awesome Powers joke. Yes. It sounds like a (laughs) prank phone call. Like, hello, I'm looking for Hugh Johnson. Uh, He's produced some things in the past, but ultimately and unfortunately killed their careers pretty quickly. Which is a shame because, again, we'll get into this, but no way is it near as bad as the critics made out to be. But box of his bomb, you're against the critics in a second, but it was a mess all over. Yeah, I would agree with what you said that it's not as bad as the critics made it out to be. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. It's 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb, 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. But here's, here's I'm going to throw you for a loop two stars from Ebert, which isn't good. No, but I thought I was supposed to, yeah, I thought it was gonna be like a one star. I actually so you're right. So here's a quote from his review. So eager is Chill Factor to include every possible cliche, indeed, that it even keeps one as a spare. An amusement park turns up complete with a Ferris wheel and merry-go-round, and then is completely forgotten, leaving us longing for the missile scenes, for the missing scenes of screaming children tumbling off their wooden horses and running through the funhouse. So I agree I, with Ebert. I on, agree. It's, it's a cliche film for sure. Yes. 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 The, and there, you probably won't find a more a <laughs> film that tries to, you know, hit more or check off more action film boxes than than Show Factor. So, like Joe said, it came out in September of '99, and so I was. This is I had just started high school. So, in film, some other, and and the fact that I had just started high school may be the reason that this is my opinion. But it was quite a month in film. So some other movies that came out that month, Fight Club, Blue Streak, American Beauty, Double Jeopardy, For Love of the Game, which I think is, a, is an underrated baseball movie, uh, Outside Providence, which is a movie that I would like to do on the podcast eventually. I've been trying to get my wife to watch it for forever, and it's the perfect movie to do on this podcast because I remember cracking up at that movie, but I haven't watched it in probably 15 years. So it yeah. could be it could be total garbage, but I remember I remember liking it. So outside Providence, uh, and and other ones. Being John Malkovich also premiered in Venice, but it was later released in the U.S. in October. So it's kind of like not really came out in September, but it was coming soon. So and then outside of film, Mario Lemieux became the the new owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Will Smith and Lauren Hill won like a bunch of awards, the MTV Awards. Law and Order uh, SVU premiered on NBC and West Wing premiered on NBC. So it was a good 
good month, good year for NBC TV. Yeah. Do you have the uh, back of the DVD summary? I do. A decade after chemical weapon Elvis kills 18 soldiers during a test, military scapegoat Andrew gets out of jail and tracks down scientist Richard in Montana, who shoots him. Andrew manages to tell his friend Tim to get Elvis to safety at a fort 90 miles away. However, if exposed to a temperature higher than 50 degrees, the weapon will go off. So Andrew forces ice cream truck driver Arlo to help him transport the device. So I have a few things. I'm going to try to mention some things as we as we go, because there's a lot to say here. Positive about the plot and the movie in general. Well, not the plot, but the movie in general. The one thing I will say about this movie compared to even some of the other action movies of the 90s that I like more, the death scenes in this movie, there's some pretty badass death scenes in this yeah. movie. So that is no joke. That's a plus. Now, questions I have, and there's going to be more that come up, but why, if you're Cuba, Cuba, Cuba Jr., whatever his name is, why, if you're that ice cream truck driver, and this whole thing comes up, why you don't just go, all right, dude, take my truck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if that was me, I'd be like, okay, whatever you guys got going on, fine. Get away from me, you psycho. And, but well, well, there's going to be more questions as we, as we go through it. But <laughs> so we talked about director Hugh Johnson again, not a joke. That's his real name. Not a lot of work other than this as a director, but he was a cinematographer for a lot of decent movies, including G.I. Jane, Chronicles of Riddick, uh, Aragon, and a few others. He was known mostly for working with the Scott brothers, both Rid- yes. Ridley and he Tony. Was, wasn't he part of White Squall? He's involved White Squall. I believe he? so, yeah. yes. He had, right, he had, this movie is really just, before this movie came out, he had a decent, <laughs> decent career. And it could also be that he's just not a director. Like It could, but you know the fact mean? that as the director and the writers, I feel like, that yeah, it no doesn't coincidence. help. <laughs> it doesn't help. It's a tough one. So that that's a good intro to what I'm about to say. So I'm going to give you some of Cuba slash Cuba Gooding Jr.'s work up until this movie, and then I'm going to ask you a question. So Boys in the Wood, Boys in the Hood in '91, one of my favorites. Gladiator in '92, one of my guilty pleasures. Have you ever seen Gladiator, the oh, boxing yeah, movie? Gladiator. Yeah. Oh no, the box. Uh, it's movie? a boxing movie. No, yeah. I haven't been. I was, oh, like, dude, I was trying to think. I'm like, I don't think he's in. Gla- I was like, trying, I'm trying to think of where he played in Gladiator. No, it's a it's a, a boxing movie like with like Brian Dennehy and I can't remember the white kids. Oh, name, you were but... mentioning that though. Yes, you mentioned that. Movie yeah, I've talked about past. it before. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so uh, Gladiator, the boxing one in '92, uh, a few good men in '92, Outbreak in '95, Jerry Maguire in '96 with the Academy Award for Best Supporting, as good as good as it gets in '97. Chill Factor in 99. Now I ask you, listening to those and knowing what he's done since, yep. did Chill Factor murder the career? Of I, do, this? <laughs> I, honestly, I honestly think this movie really, I, I do think that. Like, I was looking at his career too, and like it really, he just started getting big in with his Dude. OJ portrayal, but like it took a while to get to that point. Like he was, it in knocked a him slump. down like 10. Yeah. 10 notches it's like this which like hollywood's no joke if you fuck up once like this like a box of his bomb you are just you're tarnished man you're blacklisted yeah for sure and then so i i totally agree i, I and i i like him i, I think he's Me great too. i mean i don't have it's not even an opinion he's a great actor he's that's a fact but this this movie and i don't know who what behind the scenes stuff whatever but 
this is a this knocked him down a few a few levels. So and then Skeet Ulrich or Ulrich. Whatever, I think, I think it might be Ulrich. I think I think it might be Ulrich. Okay, Skeet I, Ulrich, known for Scream in '96, and then TV work, a lot of TV work in Jericho and Law and Order and a few other things, but. Jericho is his big thing, and it will scream. Most people our age know him from Scream, but oh, he's yeah. also in Jericho. Jericho so. one of the Jericho one of the first <laughs> shows with like one of the rare shows with like a successful cancellation fan feedback fan like that man. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard the story. Jericho got canceled. No. This, it got canceled. Fans went crazy. They mailed, um, I think it was CBS, uh, peanuts, <clears throat> peanuts to CBS. Oh, I have a heard huge that fan campaign, and since then it sparked a bunch of other campaigns in the past. So. It was like a huge moment with like fan feedback and fan pushing, you know, uh, a network to renew a series. And they got it renewed for an, a final season. Hey, have you just because of what you just said, my friend was trying to sell me on the show. Have you heard of or watched the show Warrior on HBO? Oh, man, I, it's, I heard it's awesome. I heard it's yeah. awesome. My friend told me about it, a, a kid that I trained uh uh, martial arts with and he just gave me the plot and i was like that sounds amazing so just to s- sidetrack for a minute so and correct me if i'm wrong joe based on what you know but it's basically this guy who moved, he emigrates from china to the u.s and he's like involved in it's it's like something came up bruce lee came up with it but he basically or the original idea i guess it was came from Bruce Lee and he's involved in kind of like an organized crime because he's a badass. Is that correct? Am I, I think, no, I think you, I think you're right. And I think it's, is it HBO or is it, is it Cinemax? So that's I think the thing. Cinemax. So, I know it's like the same, like the same, like, you know, in the end. So it started on Cinemax and, okay. it, and it, I think it aired, it aired its actual two seasons on Cinemax, okay. but then HBO bought Cinemax. Right. And I think it got so much positive feedback and play on HBO that from what my friend told me, they just recently signed to do a third season. Oh, cool. Straight I know through that. H- yeah, straight through HBO. So oh, that's yeah, awesome. I'm pretty pumped to start watching it. I don't think it's something my wife would be into, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get into it because it sounds like right up my alley. So those success stories are super cool. <laughs> right. And that, that's what I was thinking when you were talking about the the uh, Jericho thing. It's it's kind of this a similar thing where like if the fans are loud enough and they're getting enough that's the one good thing too about streaming services is it's they can track that like if they're getting enough clicks they know like it, yeah family got brought is. back because of it yep right so anyway um back to uh back to this classic um <laughs> what did you have down for behind the scenes the more you know random facts so all i could find so i have two things the exterior diner scenes were filmed in the small town of Liberty, South Carolina. In real life, the diner is a wood shop and the $15 a night hotel is a laundromat. Yep. Um, Skeet Ulrich and Gooding Jr. previously appeared together in As Good As It Gets. And both actors also later starred in films about sled dogs, Chili Dogs, which came out in 2001, and Snow Dogs in 2002. So <laughs> that's what their career ends up coming to is making dot moves about slang dogs. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I had those two and then one more. And this one I actually kind of liked because I read it before watching, rewatching the movie. So in the scene where Cuba and Skeet are negotiating with the federal agent at the end of the movie, Cuba interrupts Skeet by saying, I'll handle it from here. Sweet Dick. 
notice that Skeet almost breaks character due to an apparent ad lib by Kuba. So he like wasn't ready for it. Oh, I was God like, all right, that that's, awesome. that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was a nice nice thing to look at on the rewatch. Um, did you have anything down for what wouldn't fly in today's environment stuff that what people couldn't deal with? No, this movie was this movie played pretty. You know, this movie took the outing pretty well and didn't do anything that would be controversial today. Yeah, and really. The R ratings really because of what we said earlier. Like the some of the death scenes are pretty brutal. Yeah, and a couple F bombs. Yeah, more than, more than one F bomb, which kind of automatically triggers <laughs> that, unfortunately. Right, but even that wasn't over the top. No, the F bombs. All right. So favorite scene. What did you have down for your favorite scene in this one? All right, I have a lot written down here. All right, bear with me. <laughs> so, from the moment Mason and Arlo get in the truck, the movie rarely slows down. It's literally a cat and mouse chase for an hour. And some of the moments of action are really, really good. Is Ski Ulrich an action star? No. But I sort of like that about this movie. He's an actor that, when I saw this originally, I really had no idea who he was as a young kid. Um, he's since been in some TV shows, and he's had some success, like we talked about with Jericho. But he's kind of like the normal guy in this role. I liked how they didn't go action star, like a big name face at the time. Um, watching it now, at least I appreciate that a little more. Um, it's kind of fun seeing this normal guy kicking the shit out of a sloppy team of enemies wearing camouflage. And I really enjoy that. Uh, and Cuba is a ton of fun as well. Going from Oscar winning to chill factor. It must have been a real eye opener for him, though. And while I'm sure he doesn't like the fact that he chose this as a film that came after, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sure he has some regrets. I do. So thank you, Cuba. The one-liners in this, they're amazing. I still use a ton of them with my brother sometimes. He And he always returns a favor. Under-fucking-leavable. You're not taking my truck. And then how far you got to go? That whole like confrontation between the two in the beginning. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Um, the end with, well, I am an amateur. This is going to hurt like hell. And the quote after talking to the colonel in the truck asking about Elvis. Mason's response, Elvis is fucking dead, man get yourself some CDs with the music playing right after always gets me jacked up. But since this is a movie that's been building up between us here, I'm taking a bit more time with this, as I mentioned before. So after all that, I'm going to talk about now my favorite scene, which is the category of this. As I just briefly mentioned, when Arlo and Mason take the truck and are being chased along the road, fighting on top of the truck and then riding along the edge of a cliff, uh, a la Sorcerer style, which is a great movie if you've never seen it. I'm pretty much fully invested. Dude, I would be nervous. Whenever I see scenes like this in movies, I would be nervous to drive up that road with nothing going on. Like, if you haven't seen the movie, it's this winding road along a cliff with, like, no guardrail that I can remember, no whatever. Like, that would be stressful going 15 miles an hour with no one else on the road. But, yeah, go ahead. Let alone fighting on top of an ice cream truck. Have you seen the movie Sorcerer? that William Freakin directed. I don't think so. It's a lot of, it's like a lot of the transporting like explosives, but a lot of it like is the road like flung apart and lots of running along edges. But this movie kind of reminded me of that. Obviously it's also way better, but, um, but again, the banter between the two of them, all the one liners that take place during these interactions, they're all so much damn fun as I keep saying. And then I need to mention the end, the payoff. It's awesome. We have Mason pretty much trapped in a tunnel with the Colonel and his right-hand woman with the temperature of this weapon quickly increasing as he's already injured. 
This is where we get the incredible exchange. I'm a professional. This won't hurt a bit. With Mason responding with, well, I'm an amateur. And this is going to hurt like hell. And knocking her out immediately. Then he like knees her in the face or something. And smashes her head. No, no, no. He kicks her in the crotch area and then smashes her head off the car. I was like, she's not in front of, she's like holding a gun. Like, what? A, what a, she might yeah. be the amateur in this case. Then we get to the uh, brief fight between the injured Mason and the Colonel. In the final moments with the bomb and the fight kind of coming to a, an end here, um, mostly the bomb will just go off. Our boy Arlo comes back from Mason. It's one hell of a payoff. As it, it's exactly how I would have wanted this to end if I hadn't seen this before. No, the, what I will say to follow up on what you just said, because I hadn't thought of it until right now, but the one thing that I think this movie does better than some other 90s action movies that are way better than this is it ends where it's supposed to end. Right. Like they have that showdown in the tunnel. Then they have the scene where they're there. They kind of start flirting with the the cute female EMTs or whatever they were, you know, um, and it ends. Right. Like Whereas, I said, it's only a five minute interaction up above, above the tunnel. So it's like a real quick thing. Right. Compared to like, we talked about this when we did speed. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Do not get me wrong. I like speed way more than it's I funny like. You, it's, funny you, it's funny you bring up speed. I'm about to compare the two of them in a second. Right. So speed should have ended when Sandra Bullock and Keanu slid out from under the, the, the bus. And then, you know, feel free to add another five minutes on for flirting and whatever, but but this movie, the, that's one thing it does well is it, is it ends where it's supposed to end. My favorite scene was the first interaction between Skeet and Cuba, Cuba, whatever his name is. And now I'm like all self-conscious about it. In the, in the general or colonel, sorry, whatever he was, in the diner. Because it, it lets you know exactly what you're in for. Like just a total train wreck, but an entertaining train wreck. So where does skeet get the confidence dealing with like a military killer to just like you know he just watched his friend the scientist the doctor guy walk in bleeding out and die and tell him that basically the world is going to end and he has the swagger to be like to lie to the colonel guy who walks into this random diner and and he just lies right to his face and tries to go along with it then the colonel kind of seems like he knows something's up so he opens the back door the door to like the behind the counter of the restaurant and apparently lost track of all his military training to the point where he looks out back but he doesn't notice that there's a dead scientist like propped up right behind the door that he just opened and blood leaks out from under the door gets on his boots which he steps and then makes fun (laughs) it was just like that moment is like all right I know what I'm in for now. This right. movie's totally ridiculous, <laughs> but it's entertaining and whatever. So that was that was my favorite scene. That was because that was a moment where, like, watching it, I was like, "All right, I'm in." I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, I mean, I'd seen this before, but yeah. So, what did you have down for the soundtrack? Absolutely awesome. Might be the best prop of this movie, in my opinion. Um, we have two greats working together: Hans Zimmer, who needs no introduction. And John Powell, who has a very extensive resume, recently working on the High Train Dragon films. Um, but the score for Chill Factor hits all the right notes. And with every action sequence, the music is what really helps amp the scene up and just gets you, the viewer, really hyped for this scene as well. 
it's right. really funny too because like talking about other 90s films this didn't really feel like entirely like a 90s soundtrack so like you have you have like you know the goofy wrestler in there but this felt like a really this felt like a different type of score for the action films that we've been reviewing that as of late yeah this movie in some ways i agree with you it's like soundtrack wise it, it did not feel like a 90s movie soundtrack well 99 was like it felt like it was 99 it didn't right. feel like it was like 94 but then some of the plot stuff and the ridiculous action stuff it oh felt, for sure right it the felt movie, like movie it was wise or, movie yeah. wise yes yeah the soundtrack so, though is my i think might be one of the best parts about this movie so as far as things that if you could change one thing i have a couple little things that i'm going to mention and then my one big thing you're definitely going to disagree with so okay you go first <laughs> So my first little, I'm going to go through my little things first. So did the temperature have to be 50 degrees? Did they have to match speed exactly and rip them off? Like just, they, they couldn't, you couldn't make it 32 degrees, like whatever, you know, at the freezing point or 35 or 40, like make a little bit of an effort. To 51. <laughs> yeah. Anything. So, um, and then the other little thing that I'll mention is some of the worst fake fly fishing technique I've ever seen. I'm, I'm not a highly trained fly fisherman, but I have gone fly fishing before. And that was that opening scene where the scientist is like, apparently some fly fishing guru wizard. I was like, he looks like he's never even held a fishing rod before, let alone a fly rod. But my real one, the one that you're going to have a, a big problem with is Boy. yeah, is <laughs> <laughs> the small like build up to like really just crushing me right now yes it's skeet ulrich and really just casting in general mr mr skeet is nowhere near good enough to carry a film even with cuba Gooding jr and it's cuba Gooding jr is as good as he is he hadn't yet and he still hasn't really proven himself as like an action comedy star so he doesn't have it in him to carry skeet ulrich like this isn't eddie murphy you know what i mean like yeah you can put eddie murphy with judge reinhold and just say go because eddie murphy's one of the greatest comedic you know comedy minds of all time kubina jr isn't eddie murphy and skeet ulrich isn't even judge reinhold to be honest and while there was like some chemistry between them the casting to me is one of not the only thing, but one of the big things that separates this from other action nineties movies, like or nineties action movies, like Con Air, the rock and another movie just to make you feel better that I recently rewatched that was not as good as I remembered it. It's kind of, I think it's kind of my chill factor is broken arrow. Oh, I love broken arrow. man. I do yes. too. I do too. But I rewatched it recently and I was like, all right, I can see some flaws here, but it has John Travolta who say what you will about him. He's a weirdo and you know, whatever, but he's, he's a talented guy and Christian Slater, who is also a talented guy. So it has just more talent to carry the movie. So my biggest thing is if you switch Skeet Ulrich out for, I don't know who, I don't have a solution, but I think the movie would have been a lot better. I mean, so. I think a lot of people would agree with you. Like, I, I do like them as a pairing. I don't think Ski should get the leading billing after Kubo won an Oscar for Christ. I think he should have, always, you know, obviously he should have been the main character or something, like flip-flop those roles because he wasn't even yes. first build, which is crazy. 
What if wow. this is like, so I know it's not, I know age, this isn't going to work age wise, but what if it was Bruce Willis and Kubernetes Jr.? Yeah, that could have been a whole You know what I mean? Yeah. Or something like that, where it's like, it gives Gooding Jr. the chance to prove himself, but you don't like tie him down with carrying a film in a in a genre that he hadn't even really proven that he could carry a film in any genre. Like he was supporting in Jerry Maguire, he was right. supporting in Fugitman. This is to do it in comedy in a whole different. Yeah, it was it was tough. But sorry, it go was, ahead. No, no, I I I'll people agree with you. I think with with the casting, I you know I I, I just liked. The ski casting because I really understand it back then because I really know him back then. But watching it now, I do like the everyday man just like you know going up against some pretty tough guys without a problem, which is hilarious. But again, turn your mind off this movie. But I like how it wasn't a wasn't some big action hero star at the same time. But I I always wondered why Gooding wasn't built first in this. Like it always kind of like like what a weird decision to have ski as the lead over Gooding Jr., who, again, just came off an Oscar. They could have marketed it as, I'm sure they did, but they could have really went further with the Oscar marketing with this one. And then put in Skeet's role, either put Gooding Jr. as the supporting guy to a bigger name, right? or if you're going to market it with Cuba Gooding Jr., take Skeet off the poster and make it, this is Cuba Gooding Jr., and and then bring in some guy. Right, and it's funny because on the duty cover they have Ski's name first, but his but Gooding Jr.'s face is first though. So it's yeah, you know like, why? Because no one knows who the exactly. Is. It's, it's yes. almost like they know they fucked up when it came yep. to the release, and it's like and, and they they did. The casting is a huge part of this whole demise, I think. Yep. So what about you? I know this movie is perfect to you, but what would you if you could change one thing? What would you change about Chill Factor? Oh, having the characters yell, woo. Or something else similar after every successful fight or close call that kind of got annoying <laughs> got very annoying pretty quickly yep. um the main villain could have been so intimidating but ends up sort of becoming a joke but he does just redeem himself like slightly in the third act i thought um and this movie is so cliche though it's in the end it's a film made in the 90s and screams 90s the entire way through even though it came towards the end uh, it came out in 99 it's almost as if they were really trying to mimic a Shane Black film with the buddy dynamic and the dialogue, mixing it with the plot of speed on this time instead of a bus, it's a bomb. That needs to stand there a certain number. In this case, again, 50. Um, if someone other than, I actually watched it with Powell virtually the night. She, if I, I, I wrote here. Was she joke. like, what the? F- she actually really enjoyed it, which is like, I was, that's my joke here. If someone other than my girlfriend who watched for the first time last night and loved it is watching this for the first time, they'll most likely not enjoyed as much. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those movies where you don't look reviews and go in with that mindset that it is a bad film in the end. But for me, in this case, while nostalgia does have, you know, a little role in all of this, I do think it's more than that for me. I, I generally do enjoy it, despite what the critics thought of it. It's always kind of like a threshold I jokingly use with my brother when compare, comparing films to others using Rotten Tomatoes. 10% is ridiculous and it's always fun it's like we if some movie has like a good score we're always like well just think to effect is lower than that <laughs> so it's like i kind of like our threshold of reviewing movies or run tomatoes at this point it's fair <laughs> but movie is super cliche in the end so and you yeah. really have to go into it knowing that it is a dumb film but yeah it is it is what it, exactly right. exactly so all right well with that being said, we've come to the point of the podcast where we give our, our scores. Would you mind paying a leafy to keep this movie? 
score of one is you know you get five minutes in the movie and the fly fishing scene between skeet and the scientist is too lame or or you watch the guy's face melt off on the island and you're like all right this is a little much for me and you return it so you don't have to pay a late fee all the way up to a score of five which is i'm willing to keep it for an extra day or two or three to watch it again have my friends watch it maybe even just buy it from the video rental store so it was joe's pick so i'm gonna go first and pretty much what you just said this movie is bad but it's entertainingly bad and the what i was thinking when i was rewatching it was it was like they went to a 90s action movie dollar store and went on like a shopping spree with all the cliches so they named the well the weapon elvis so they could say like elvis has left the building they have a squad of ex-military guys who have been scorned and are mad at the government and ready to kill just like broken arrow just like uh, the rock just like all sorts of other ones random you know pretty girl in the squad of bad guys who has put on all her military attire but she's got like she's on her makeup and all that stuff too fight on top of a moving truck and or train one of the main cast members is a former college athlete just like johnny utah and point break uh, and a few and a few other ones they even steal from my favorite film of all time. And they have a random friendship between a younger male and a crazy scientist doc, like just like back to the future, even though it's a totally different type of movie. So this may sound high to some probably is going to sound low to Joe 2.5 out of five for me. Um, If I judge this on the quality, it would be a one out of five, but it's so bad that it's entertaining. And I, I probably won't sit down with the intention of just watching it start to finish again for a long time. But if I turn on TV and it's on, I'll sit down and watch it for a bit. It's funny. It's entertaining. It's a fun movie. And and it doesn't, it doesn't get slow. There's not a part where I'm like, it's, it drags really to me. So yeah, it's fun. You were talking about the, uh, the chemical in the beginning kind of melting the faces off. I got to say though, yeah. how good was the CGI for, I thought for 99 in the tunnel sequence, Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like nose, like melt off. I'm like, damn, that looks rough. <laughs> the death scenes in general, like both the ones, like the simple ones, where like he stabs the guy with a knife, or the death scenes were the best scenes in the film. It was, you know, that sounds like very dark, but they they didn't skimp on those. So I'm gonna save my score for the for after this, so I can build up the. Uh... <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm excited for Joe's five or four and a half out of five. So, oh my God. nailed it. Now I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. So this movie is not 10% of Rotten Tomatoes. That's a joke. But this is a movie where you get the honest recommendation from a friend or someone you know who has seen it, which admittedly is probably a long shot with this one, and have them tell you up front what you're getting yourself into, which is a film that borrowed from multiple action movies in the same decade, is incredibly predictable throughout, and has some truly cheesy dialogue. But what it does have is a cast that, oddly enough, in my opinion, works, some great action set pieces, and an amazing soundtrack to carry us throughout the film. Joe Factor is a forgotten gem, in my opinion. And I truly think that if more people give it a shot now, knowing what this movie was, they enjoy it a lot more. Kind of going back in the past a little bit here, Eric and I would talk about movies once a week. This was one that was brought up, and we were both surprised that I had seen it. And that was the perfect reaction with this one. We had a ton of fun briefly talking about it then. And I'm happy we waited as long as we did, since we now have a pretty developed formula for how we talk about these movies. And it was funny because we talked about this one before 
we were even had the idea of or uh, of a podcast and it's nice to have this on worth a lay fee for sure yeah um but now to end it going into this film with your brain turned off is the only way you'll really enjoy this movie if you go into it expecting this seeing oscar winner gooding jr go for another oscar you're gonna be really disappointed but it is just a fun mindless action film and i gave it a four because uh, I enjoy it so much. That, I, that. I actually was going to give it a 3.75, but like you said, I know it's not a great movie. I know it's one of those movies where it's like, I, it's one of those movies that you, you I know, kind of like going back to the Warriors last week, I gave it, a, I think, what, 2.5 or a 3, I can't remember now. I don't but remember, I, know, yeah. I know people would give that movie like a 5. It's just like, that's the movie that I really enjoy in the end. <clears throat> yeah. But Chill Factor is just dumb fun, and I love it like i don't know what it is about this movie but i could sit through it multiple times and not get bored of it and we talk we always say i've used this to explain my scores before we rate films on how much we enjoy them not how good they are so we're not saying that this is gonna win this should have won an academy award (laughs) or anything like that and on that note the one thing i i noticed re-watching it I'm staring at like a, I clicked on like the, the cast and I'm staring at his picture. So Peter Peter Firth, who played the Colonel, yes. he slipped in and out of his English accent. Like there were some scenes where he <laughs> like there's some scenes where it was like. So I read I read about him before rewatching it. And I was like, oh, he's British. That's cool. And then you know most of the scenes he doesn't sound British. And then randomly he'd be like he would just say an entire sentence in a 75 percent British accent. I'm like Peter. <laughs> Peter, like, and you, it's weird. <laughs> they all knew. They all, they all knew that they were just like getting there, like the paycheck, and they're like, well, they're, yeah, this, yeah. Like, this movie's a joke. Just, just pay me. Yeah, no, but it was funny. So, um, the beer, uh, almond macadamia swirl from Decadent Brewing was delicious, dangerously delicious when it's ten point two percent alcohol. But I hope I've stumbled and fumbled through through the podcast. Okay. Um, if you have a movie that you want us to review, feel free to send us a message on, on Instagram, worth a late fee, at worth a late fee. Um, suggestions are always welcome. We'll be back next week. And since we go back and forth, this is Joe's pick. I had a certain movie picked out for next week because we're coming up on my birthday and it was going to be my birthday pick <clears throat> because it kind of violates one of the, the rules that we've set. But there's a big 25th anniversary coming up uh, for this one. And it fits the time of year anyway. So we're going to be reviewing the 1996 classic Independence Day. Welcome to Earth, Mother. You know what? Another another movie that's turning your brain off. And you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week with Independence Day. And uh, thank you guys very much for listening. As always, guys, thank you.